Day 112. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. I'm John. And this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. Yeah. All right, so we're in the book of Job, man. The book of Job, right? So here's, there's a little bit of a transition here, right? So we yeah. spent most of the time, right? Uh, most of the Bible so far that we've read to through, with the exception of uh, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy has been narrative, right? It's been mm-hmm. story. And while there are, while there is in like an overarching story in the book of Job, uh, the genre does change, right? So now we're in yeah. the wisdom literature mm-hmm. and we'll be here for the next few months as we go through Job's, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon, right? There's going to yeah. be ways in which the poetry that we see in this book, the ways that it's laid out, um, mm-hmm. our rules of interpretation are going to be a little different than they have been uh, for the past hundred days, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And one of the things I love about the wisdom literature real quick is just that, man, they dig in pride at some of the most profound questions of human oh, yeah. existence. Yeah. And um, it's just so deep. And I love what you said that you don't interpret it the same, same way as a narrative. Narrative, there's a lot of clues. Right. But I think in the wisdom literature, it's just this idea that, you know, um, it's not like rigid, right? So right. you'll have a proverb that'll say, you know, uh, don't answer a man according to his folly. Or he'll be writing his own. Uh, uh, you'll be just like him. And then it say, answer a man according to his folly. He'll be writing his own eyes. So it's right. like you have to understand that these can be situational, um, yep. and that uh, yeah, they need to be applied. Uh, yeah, wisely. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. 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 And um, one of the keys, and we'll get to this more later. Right. It's gonna come at the um, yeah, towards the end of the book of Job. It's all through Psalms. Uh, it's at the beginning of the book of Proverbs, and it comes back a, around at the end of Ecclesiastes, but this concept of the fear of God, right? The fear mm-hmm. of God is really going to be central, and it's going to be this thing, or it's going to be this concept that we're going to have to grasp if we're going to unlock the meaning of, of what these texts say. So I just want you to hold that truth in, in the back of your head, tuck it away. We're going to come back to it and define it and work through it. Uh, but for the sake of today, there's so much jam-packed in the first four chapters of Job that we're really going to yeah, take time, maybe set a little bit of context, and then jump mm-hmm. right in to help you understand how to best interpret this yeah, troubling and confusing book. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, so we can just start talking. Man, Job is... Uh, you know, very different from the other wisdom literature in that right. it presents this story at the beginning to kind of set your the backdrop of what's going to happen. Yeah. And we have this guy named Job. And the first thing that jumps off the page in verse one, it says right. a man in the country of Uz. Right. So he's not an Israelite, right. which is right, already right. like, oh my gosh, like what is going on? Job is not an Israelite. Some will say he lived in the time of the patriarchs. So Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Right, and it's like what's amazing is that God is working in other uh, people groups, right? Uh, before He even forms this covenant people, right? Right, right, right. And so, um, even though He's not of the nation of Israel, He is. He does based on the book and how He talks, and you'll see that He believes in the God of Israel, right? Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, we have this guy Job, and he's this really upstanding moral man, and, right? Yeah, whole family, and, whole family. 
blameless, right? It's, yeah. Uh, so, so it's going to use that word about him. It's going to talk about the kids that he has, riches, wealth, all these signs of yeah, blessing from God, right? God has smiled on him. And mm-hmm. like he's so upstanding that even the opening of the book tells us that yeah, after his kids partied, he went and sacrificed for them just in case they <laughs> awesome. did. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. So he's very um, upstanding. It seems like, yo, this man. I can't wait to hear about what takes place in the life of this guy. And then the scene like pans. It's as if, right, the movie starts. It's locked in on him. You see all of that stuff, and then it just takes you up. Right, you just have this drone shot where you you're elevated up into heaven and you see this completely different scene yep yeah Yeah, one of the things that i think um i want to say before we even get into it too is like you know one of the the biggest questions of humanity is like why is there suffering in the world Um, right and this book seems to not give us easy pat answers right Right. and so uh yeah from the point from the top from the joint uh from the jump you know, verse six talks about one day the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And it's like, the what? what <laughs> right. Know, the the sons of God. And it's basically this divine council. So in the Old Testament, especially, you have what is known as a divine council. And it's basically a group of heavenly beings or heavenly hosts. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the Old Testament, which is really weird, you have to be careful, will use gods to right. talk about them. G-O-D-S. Little G, like yeah. Elohim in Hebrew, but little yeah. G O D S, you'll see that in the Bible. But it's basically just these heavenly beings yeah. that help God accomplish his will, or God uses to accomplish his will, let's say right. that in the heavenly realm, in the same right. way that humans accomplish his will in the earthly realm. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I think <laughs> so it's, um, it's weird, but yeah. yeah. So um, and again, I mean, like we said at the jump. There's so much in the scripture that's unclear, but don't yeah. let the things that are unclear rob you of the things that are very, very clear, right? right. So uh, this is a story that's familiar and it's told, and you've probably heard the story go like this, right? Mm-hmm. They all come, we all just trying to have a good time. Then Satan jumps in and says, yo, Job only serves you because you protect <laughs> him. And then God says, all right, do all that you want to do. Just don't take his life or blah, blah, blah. Um, that's not how the story goes. That as you read the literature, one of the things that you say, see, is it starts with God asking a question. Mm -hmm. And God looks at him and says, yo, where have you come from? And in the Bible, one of the things that you see is this. When God asks people questions, God is not trying to get information. God already knows what's on their heart. It's as they answer that question, what's on their heart, really starts to come out. So God God initiates this whole back and forth, knowing mm-hmm. where it's going to go. And what you have is Satan or this accuser, right? They start to get into a convo about Job. And mm-hmm. God's like, yo, have you seen Job? There's nobody else like him. Yeah. And this accuser basically accuses God of uh, being the... Uh, venture capitalist into this form of prosperity gospel. Hmm. So he says, God, the only reason Job serves you and loves you and does all of this is because- Bless him, yeah. Yeah, you bless him. You take care of him. You make right. sure that he's nice. Make sure uh, you take all of that stuff from him, 
right? And he ain't going to be around. He's not going to love you. And here's what we have to see. In the midst of this heavenly council, Mm -hmm. this accuser, Satan, lobs this charge against God. God, you're only worthy of worship to the extent that you can buy it with the good Mm. stuff that you give people. Mm. And that's the setting and the backdrop of this book. And so God gives him permission. It's disconcerting because it's like, yo, why would you do that? But it's comforting because even as God gives him permission, God gives him boundary, right? So Mm. there is nothing that comes to us that hasn't already been filtered through God's hands. And um, yeah, it's already nine minutes. This one's going to go long, but Mm -hmm. yeah, Joe is such a good book. Um, Man, when you read literature, there's sometimes words on a page can speed up time, right? So you can Mm -hmm. read a paragraph and it can describe 40 years. Mm -hmm. You can read a paragraph and it can describe four seconds, right? It could speed up time or slow time. Some of the times you read um, and what you read takes place in real time. As Job gets news of all that he loses, I want you all to know that comes to him in real time. Mm. That you're going to hear these words as he was still speaking. Somebody else came and told him how they lost their wealth. While he was still speaking, somebody came and told him that uh, he lost all of this stuff. And the way that he loses all of this stuff, it is unmistakable that it is divine. Not just that it takes place all at the same day, Mm -hmm. but he's like, yo, the four winds came on the four corners of the house and mm-hmm. all of your kids were in the crib at the same time, and it killed them all. I'm the only one that made it out. And so you see, in the time that it takes you to read the last half of chapter one, that is the time it takes Job to realize he has lost everything. Yeah. That's a different kind of suffering. Mm, absolutely, man. This is, yeah, mind-blowing, uh, ridiculous amount of suffering all at once. But I think, man, it's it's strategic in that, you know, chapter one lays the context, the heavenly supernatural context right. that Job is not privy to and nobody is privy to at all. Right. Um, you know, but I think the thing the text is trying to say is that because things are going wrong does not mean you did something wrong. Right. That's right? so and good. I, yeah. And it's like, man, I know in my life, like there's been so many times where it's like, all right, things are going wrong. What did I do? Like, right. what, God, what did I do to deserve this? And he'll even use that kind of language. Right. But it's like. Yo, there's just some things that are mysterious to us, bro, that yeah. we'll never understand why it necessarily happened. Right. But God in the end is going to make, yeah, make things right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then two, bro. So, yeah, I love how you said that basically like God had to give Satan power, right? Right. Yeah. Like it, it shows that God is ultimately uh, the, like all powerful, sovereign, in control, and that Satan can't do more than God lets him. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? As hard as for us as that is to grasp, like no, that's it. that yeah. is the reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good and evil are not equal forces that are dueling. Yeah, it's right? not dualism, right? Yeah. yeah. Good is on top. This is not a fight. Like right. good is on top. And although evil exists in the world, evil's on a leash. And the leash is not as long as some of us think that it is. Yep. And so in two, he comes back and he's still like, you know, Job is still intact. He's still, man, I, I you right. know, I'm still didn't he still didn't sin. 
But here, he God says you can touch him now. Like basically, you can afflict him yeah. personally, like his body. Right. And so now my man breaks out with boils, and uh, he's just he's not in good shape. Right. So much so that his wife is like, man, why don't you just just curse, curse God, God and, and just die and die, man? And I, that just brings up the reality again. They're like, yo, sometimes our suffering is contagious, right? Mm, yeah. Ending that. You know, okay, she did suffer too. She lost her children right. um, as well and her money. But at the same time, it can lead those that are closest to us yeah. to despair, even if it hasn't led us there yet, right? Yeah, yeah. And you just see that, yeah, with Job's wife, man. Yeah. Man, in the end of chapter two, Job's friends come. Yeah. And they, and they do what friends should do when people are mm. undergoing hardship. They come through and it's this man, they look with them. They weep with him and hear this, look, they sit silent with him for seven days, right? Mm, There's a concept yeah. of, man, when people are undergoing hardship, especially hardship that you don't know anything about, mm. um, presence is valuable, right? So, yeah. so they sit, they don't say a word. Then Job starts to speak out. Job vets and he's saying, y'all, I don't get why this took place. And he's basically saying, yo. I didn't do anything wrong and I'm puzzled. And then chapter four, right? There's a suffering that takes place in chapters one through three that I think is almost eclipsed in chapter four and that the rest of the book is now <laughs> Job's friends who don't understand why he's undergoing the things that he is now replace their presence with their perspective. Here, Job, Job, mm -hmm. Let me tell you why, what you should think, why this took place. And they're trying to answer things that they don't have uh, privileged insight into why it goes on. And you just see like, and again, the Bible's about God. I know it's not about us, but every once in a while, you look through the window and get a little bit of your reflection. And I right. will just say this, when people are undergoing hardship yeah. of which you know nothing about, or even when they undergo hardship to which you have a similar experience, but not a synonymous one, sometimes, oftentimes, um, your presence is more valuable than your perspective, right? Mm. Mm. Sometimes it's like just being with them as they're grieving the loss of a loved one is more valuable than you. True story. Mm equating your loss of a dog mm. to somebody who lost their son saying, mm. man, I know what it feels like mm. to lose. And, and you, you just sit back and say, ah, oh, wait a minute. Nah, these, mm. these aren't the same things, nor do you have insight as to why this all went down. I think the wisdom literature is going to help us embrace some of the mystery that exists mm -hmm. in life. Yeah, absolutely, man. And yeah, man, I could just close out and say for me, like, you know, um, in chapter four, he's going to say something that is paradigmatic for what they say continually, right? Right. So he says, Eliphaz comes and he says, in my experience, verse eight of chapter four, those who plow injustice and those who sow trouble reap the same. Mm. And, you know, Eliphaz is the friend you'll see that he draws on his experience a lot. Yeah. Um, but mind you, what he says here is biblical, right? <laughs> which is so crazy. And it's right. like, man, 
truth, dog. Like when people are suffering, truth is only effective as it is timely. Right, right. right. You you don't just spew out (laughs) random Bible verses that may be true. (laughs) Right. But with with the and it's so crazy because it scares me because as a young man, like man, I think I've fallen prey to this. Yeah. But I and I know I have the propensity to. Right. And it's just like yo, like. Man, every statement isn't true in every circumstance. And probably, right. I mean, uh, the wisdom literature is going to show us that. And in other words, we don't just need good theology. That's right. as important as that is. We need wisdom, right? We need to know how to apply it and use it. And that's what this book is going to get at. That's good. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Father, I pray that you would help us to learn and apply wisdom. Father, would you remind us uh, that it is better that we have you with no answers to why things go on than to have all the answers as to why things go on and not have you. I pray that that would be uh, the thing that comforts us as we move through the day. It's in Jesus.